Travel Squad podcast. We're four friends that grew up together in the same small town. We followed each other to San Diego, and now we adventure the world together. One passport stamp at a time. We're here to share our travel stories and inspire you to go on your own adventures. Even if it starts with your own backyard. I'm Jamal. Brittany. Kim. And I'm Dana. And And we're we're the Travel Squad podcast. So grab your ticket, your passport, and don't forget your travel insurance. And prepare for takeoff. Hello, fellow travelers. Hey, everybody. Hi. Welcome to episode 69 of the Travel Squad podcast, North Cascades and Glacier National Parks. Woo. If you recall, these two national parks, North Cascades and Glacier, are continuations from last week's episode and our squad trip that we took to Mount Rainier and Olympics National Park. And after dropping off Zaina and Kim, Britt and I continued on our own adventures. Now, North Cascades is the third of Washington State's national parks, and it's located northeast of Seattle. And Britt and I even continued on further east crossing state lines, making our way all the way to Montana to go to Glacier. So I'm super excited about this episode for three reasons. One, the pictures that you guys posted were insanely beautiful. Two, I can't wait to get into you guys getting there because you said that you were in a race against time to get to your hotel. So I can't wait for you to unpack that. And three, you almost didn't make it home. So I can't wait for you guys to unpack that. This episode is going to be off the charts. It's going to be wild. Wild. I can't wait to hear it too. I'm bummed that I couldn't stay for the whole thing, but I'm glad I got to do the first half of it. So let's just jump right on in with some tips. Some of these tips are going to be the same as last week's episode since they do apply to the other two Washington National Parks. But we said before, rent an SUV. I'm still in support of that. It's definitely a clutch one, more specifically for this and North Cascades, because we'll get into it. North Cascades is pretty remote. And one of the hikes that we did, one which is one of even the most popular hikes in the park. Oh, my God. You take a road that I don't even know how to describe it. It's wild. You need an SUV. Uh, I literally thought I was driving to my death on that thing. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Offline maps. Definitely need them. Definitely need offline maps. North Cascades is in a remote area. You're going to need offline maps. And then just trekking from the North Cascades area all the way to Glacier National Park in Montana. Wow. It's wild and remote out there. I feel like I have seen all of Montana in its glory. And there's not a lot going on in terms of when you're on the road. And so you're going to be in remote places when you're on this drive. Same tip as last week as well. Get to the trailheads early. A lot of the hikes that we're mentioning are the more popular ones, but even after doing research, even though they're the more popular ones, they are for a specific reason. They're must-dos, so you don't want to fight the traffic and spaces for parking, particularly when we get onto Glacier because the parking is very limited in Glacier National Park. So do keep that in mind. Get to the trailheads early. When you say early, how early would you recommend? Well, at least in Glacier National Park, we're talking 6.37 a.m. Early. Bright and early. (laughs) And we've said so many times already, and we've just barely started the episode, we're in some remote places. Pack or buy our cooler and bring snacks or lunch into the park. And again, we'll link the cooler, the collapsible cooler that we have, 
in the show notes. So if you're interested in purchasing one, we'll link the one that we recommend. It's legit. So Kim and Zaina, what time was your flight out of Seattle? And what time did you guys get to the airport? Because remember from last episode, we just dropped them off at the airport in Seattle. They couldn't hack it with us and (laughs) didn't want to continue on. I think our flight was somewhere around four o'clock. And so you guys dropped us off. I think we, I think we got there around four. Our flight was at seven. So we had some time to kill a little extra time since we wrapped up earlier. But I do want to say it's not that we couldn't hack it. It's that we're smart travelers and we just fit in what we could with the time we had available. But we didn't need or want to spend or could spend 10 days or nine days in this Washington park trip like you crazy people. I think the fact that you're 30, you're now making excuses, Kim. But, you know, that's another topic for another time i'm in high demand i can't be with you guys all the time (laughs) well we wanted your company but that's okay we dropped kim and zana off at the airport and jamal and i were heading towards north cascades national park and we were going to stay overnight in concrete washington how long did it take you to get from seattle to concrete from seattle to concrete i would say it was probably like it was about two hours, two hours, wasn't it? Oh, not bad. It wasn't too bad. It's actually not far from Seattle at all. Again, North Cascades in general is northeast of Seattle. Concrete is not right in North Cascades area, but it's the closest town on the western side of North Cascades National Park. But let me tell you something. Going from Seattle to Concrete completely different world i'm just like oh this whole time Mm -hmm. we were there i could realize oh this is the pacific northwest you know going from mount rainier and olympic and obviously being in seattle and then you get to concrete and i was like dude i feel like i'm in a completely different state this is not what i imagined washington what was different about it well let me just say that i looked up concrete washington in google maps and you know when you can pull up a city it'll show you like the gas stations or the bars or restaurants that are nearby that you can walk to and i pull it up and it's like two blocks as a total town. And I couldn't even find like a legit gas station. So I said to Jamal, you know what, Jamal, let's stop at the biggest city near concrete, fill up in gas, just in case if we need anything to eat, let's grab it now. Because I looked up some of the restaurants and they closed before we were going to get there. The latest thing open was the grocery store. And it was going to close by like 8 p.m. So it was a mad dash to concrete because also our hotel, which was actually really, really nice, but they were going to shut the office down at 7 and we needed to get our keys as well. My God, these people are going to turn to vampires at 8 p.m. or what? (laughs) I guess so. But, you know, it's really funny. Like Brittany said, it was just a small town. It's supposedly a historic town out there as well. But really two blocks, not very much going on in there. But really the hotel that we were staying at was the nicest hotel that we were at the entire trip. So I don't want to say shocking, but that was a very pleasant surprise. What was it called? It was called Mount Baker Hotel and they had a probably about six rooms, but every room six rooms. had a theme. So we That's had, how small the town is. Keep that in mind. And North Cascades isn't very well trafficked mm-hmm. for what it is. So not a big town. Our room was seaside themed. And so it had a whole bunch of like trinkets and nautical themes going along throughout the whole hotel room. That's cute. It had a living room mm. with a 
fridge, microwave, sink area, its own private bathroom, and then a separate bedroom. Nice. So it was really like an apartment. You just didn't have a full kitchen. There was no stovetop or oven, but like those other amenities that Brittany said, they did have them. So it was very, very quaint in that regard. And I really liked how it was set up like an apartment and the furnishings in it was quite nice as well. Mm. So this was the nicest hotel that we really did stay in. I enjoyed it a lot. It was only a hundred bucks for the night. Wow. Did you see any of the other room themes? Uh, I'm trying to remember what the names were. Because there was like a lover's theme. Why but... didn't you guys get that one? Well, you know, oh my gosh. You don't, <laughs> you don't go to pick. When we booked it on Expedia, it shows like a couple rooms, but they didn't really give the name, I don't think. So I don't know. I'm trying to remember off the top of my head what the other themes were. I really don't remember. But getting back to what Brittany was saying earlier, you know, the town doesn't really have a lot. I mean, they had a really good bakery that looked good. But by the time that we wanted to leave in the morning, the bakery didn't open until well after that. So we're like, all right, well, what are we going to do for breakfast? We went to the grocery store, had to make sure we got there before it closed. And we picked up like instant oatmeal that we would be able to microwave inside the national park there's really no amenities at all and very remote so we're like what are we going to do for lunch and again that's where the cooler comes into play we picked up some lunchables from there and we had lunchables so we had our (laughs) meat cheese and crackers which was actually quite delicious believe it or not so do be sure to get those things because you're not going to find anything to eat in the park that's number one and depending on what time you're starting your day you're definitely not going to get breakfast there's not even fast food places like literally you need to go to the grocery store and get stuff to eat do you even a mickey like a mickey donald's not even a mickey d's (laughs) no No, mickey d's no no fast food do you guys i'm telling you this is like a small little boom town i'm telling you it's like two blocks wide there's nothing there I just can't imagine a place without the golden arches. No golden arches. Do you remember if the grocery store had like a deli that makes sandwiches? They did. And we thought about taking a sandwich to go. Um, It's not the place I would get a sandwich to go from. Let's put it that way. (laughs) Noted. Yes. Yes. So for North Cascades National Park, there's actually a major highway running through the entirety of the park. And because of that, North Cascades is free to enter because they can't really monitor this major highway since it's open to the public. And North Cascades National Park features these beautiful jagged peaks in the North Cascade mountain range. And there's so many glaciers, waterfalls, turquoise lakes like Diablo Lake and just beautiful mountain scenery taking over the entire park. So the first hike that we were going to do was called Cascade Pass, and it was six and a half miles round trip, and you actually have to take this unpaved road to the trailhead, and this is where Jamal says you need an SUV. Jamal, tell us about that road again. Yeah, so one, real quick, Brittany was saying earlier that there's the main highway that goes through North Cascades. That is very true. This hike that we went on is not off of that main highway. (laughs) You have to shoot off of that main highway, and then it becomes an unpaved road with just jagged gravel, dirt, and rocks, very steep, windy turns, so the SUV is clutch, but even though you don't really have to drive too far of a distance 
on those windy roads because of how the road is. It takes a long time. I think how how many miles was it? It was about like 15 miles, wasn't it? Yeah, 15 to 18 miles. It took us an hour to an hour and 15 minutes just to drive that to get to the parking lot off the main road because of how jagged it was. So I'm like telling Brittany, like, where the hell are you taking me? Like, what are we going to get to on here? You're saying that this is a popular trail. I don't see any cars here. Like, where are they coming from? I feel like I'm going to be led to my death. Like somebody's going to be out here ready to like prey on us because we're alone. And something to keep in mind on the National Park website too, they do advise that because it is in such a remote area, there is a lot of petty theft and break-ins and cars in the parking lots out there. And I thought to myself, that's weird. I've never seen a National Park really say that. And then I was on this road and I thought to myself, oh shit, I see what they're saying. Like <laughs> there's no like legitimate city east or west of it. Then you're going on these crazy ass roads like to get there. So I can see how people prey on visitors like that so but then it'd be like there's only one culprit the only other person there <laughs> i guess right? that's true or people that live in the town i don't think there are other visitors of the park i think there are actually people that live in the area if you will but that's neither here nor there we were on this road and i said where the hell are all the people then we get to the parking lot and i see all these cars and granted there's a campground that's semi-close to that parking lot maybe they came from that i'm like where are all these cars i didn't see anybody on the <laughs> fucking road because at some point it's like you can't even have two cars pass you you know you'd have to pull to the edge the edge is up pretty steep like i feel like I would fall over and I was worried about coming across it and I get there and all these cars appeared out of nowhere and I just don't know where they came from so rest assured when you get there it's quite populated but when you're driving it, it has that real eerie feeling to it we were driving on the road and we're halfway there and Jamal looks over at me gives me a stink look and he goes you sure know how to pick them <laughs> I can picture that in my head now. Well, even when Jamal was saying his commentary about like, where are you leading me? There's no one out here. Like I can see him saying that to you, but mm -hmm. that comment is even better. <laughs> so once you get to the parking lot, there is an outhouse toilet. So you can relieve yourself before you start your hike and you start to steadily climb through the forest and there's like 30 switchbacks that you're going to go through within the first three miles of the hike. Well, you, so it's very steep. For, it's pretty steep. For the yeah. first portion of it, it's very steep. But you forgot to mention, what can you see from the parking lot, Brittany? Glaciers. Glaciers right up close. Ooh. Just right on the mountain edge right there. So it's really, really nice. You get the view of the jagged mountaintops, and then you see the glaciers there. But yes, there are steep switchbacks on the initial hike up, but it's very enjoyable. But you do get to a point where it flattens out. But what's the purpose of this? It's called the Cascade Pass Trail. Brittany, what's the payoff when you get up there? The payoff is the view and kind of seeing the meadow in between the mountains. Mm -hmm. So when you get to the top, like Jamal said, it flattens out and you actually continue straight across a rock field before you round the bend. And when we were on that rock field, we actually saw a mountain goat climb across and it was so cool to see and just like be up in nature. And then when we were on that pass too, we passed some people and they're like, oh, just be aware there was a bear near the pass. <laughs> and her head. cub. Yeah. Be with aware. Her cub, with she's her gonna cub. even be more aggressive. Well, so well, first, did we mention this was six and a half miles round trip? Yeah. Okay. I forgot if we did or not. Reminder, six and a half miles round trip. But when you get to the top, Brittany's saying you walked across this little rock field. And the rock field she's talking about, there was an avalanche of sorts and it brought a whole bunch of big boulders down. So you get to a level that you're crossing and it's just a big sheer like 
45 degree angle cliff of just boulder rocks, but the National Park Service has actually made a trail out of that. So you can actually see where they've moved the rocks and literally like flattened it for you so that you can walk across it instead of literally bouldering over these things. And as we're rounding the bend on that little rock formation path, then a mountain goat comes around and it's just walking on the path and it's getting closer and closer to us. And we're thinking to ourselves, oh shit, one, I've never seen a mountain goat this close. They're pretty cool. It was a nice white majestic one, by the way. Big ass horns. Uh, little side horns. It has two Aww. little side horns. I wouldn't say they were big ass ones. You're probably thinking of like rams that have like the curly yes, horns. These yeah. ones had a little small little devil ones almost kind of how they really were but we were thinking to ourselves shit are these things like aggressive like if it comes charging at us i can't climb up and there's only one way to tumble down this little rock path and then it comes closer and then all of a sudden it just decides to climb up and i mean maybe people know this maybe they don't but goats are really good climbers and you just saw this thing like jumping on these boulder rocks doing some crazy climbing so we sat and enjoyed that for quite a little bit i've never seen a mountain goat on any of our hikes that we've ever done and that was quite enjoyable to see yeah you know when we were in arkansas i think we um hiked up a trail that was called mountain goat mountain or something Mm -hmm. it's called rock goat yeah and kim was like it's because like goats like to rock out and like yeah of course they do they love to jump and rock out on the mountains like just boom 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 well this one did yeah (laughs) but we rounded the corner got to the payoff where you have the beautiful view of the valley and there is a trail that continues on that you could do more hiking and do some serious like remote backpacking and camping out there obviously we weren't doing that that day we came across people on the trail who we talked to who actually were but we didn't round the corner and see the mama and her cub like the people coming back said that there was there so unfortunately we didn't get to see it but it was quite windy up there because you're at the top of the valley looking down and you could just get the gust of winds and it was quite cold but it was really beautiful up there i was pleasantly surprised not that i was disappointed with what i saw because again beautiful jagged rocks glaciers but that valley overlook that we had was just absolutely amazing we stopped there and had some snacks and enjoyed ourselves for a little bit and one thing to know about north cascades national park is a lot of the hikes are really long a lot of the research i did were for hikes that were like 8 to 12 miles and i was like i don't know if i want to do a hike that long and so a lot of the reviews that i read on this trail were it's kind of like the best trail to do for the mileage you're willing to do and i felt like the reward and the views were definitely worth it so from this trailhead we drove to trail of the cedars and this trail crosses the skagit river via another suspension bridge and then you just meander along a nature trail it's a really really short trail it's less than a mile in length but there's so many signs about the flora and the fauna around you it was just nice to relax and walk through and just kind of do the interpretive trail and no one was on the trail with us so we had it all by ourselves Yeah, I really loved how at the trailhead, if you want to call it that, there is the suspension bridge that you have to cross over the river, but the trail is only a mile long round trip as a loop. It's very informative walking through there. And some people like this, some people don't, but this was actually one of the very few national park trails that had signs all over the place that we really stopped and read each one. One, because it was such a short trail, but it was very informative talking about, oh, these are the difference between the cedars and the other types of trees that were here. They even had an electric power plant that was there back in the old days before they turned it into a national park. So then you come across that and you just have all these information 
information about nurse logs and just super informative about the life cycle of the forest. And what's a nurse log? A nurse log is a log or tree that has actually fallen and then from that sprouts numerous new trees so you can see a dead tree if you will and its old trunk and from that let's just say four or five trees have sprouted upward oh, off cool. of all that one tree Aww. yeah so they had all that informative information again talking to the life cycle of things that happen in the forest and very informative and we even came across a woodpecker this is the first time i've ever <laughs> seen a woodpecker in person Brittany and i again were the only ones on the trail and we heard something and we're like what is that like do you hear that tapping noise and then i said i think it's a woodpecker and then we were looking around we found it and we had a good time just watching that thing like hit its head on the tree for like a minute quite impressive so much wildlife yeah. there really was and another squad tip about this national park we did say you know it's in the rugged mountain area and it is remote but you can enjoy this national park even if you're not a hiker there are a lot of short trails that are in the park and then there's also a lot of outlooks and vista points and so the next place we stopped at was called diablo lake vista point it was a 15 minute drive from trail of the cedars and it's right along Highway 20, which is the major highway I said does go through the park. And it just provides magnificent views of these brilliant turquoise waters in Diablo Lake. And I actually want to tell you guys why the lake is so turquoise. So there are glaciers surrounding the whole area. And so as the glaciers melt, they grind the rocks into a fine powder and it carries it into the lake. And that mineralization gives the color to the lake and turns it turquoise. That's so nice. So pretty. Yeah. Yeah. And as Brittany was saying, again, you know, most of the hiking trails themselves are longer into the backcountry, but off of Washington State Highway 20, the main through fare through the National Park, they do have those vistas and overlooks. And we continued on after Diablo Lake to Washington Pass Overlook. And from the Diablo Lake Vista Point, it's about 30 miles, half an hour to get there. And it's a short quarter mile loop that gives you beautiful views of the surrounding scenery. And the overlook is the highest elevation on the North Cascade Highway that you can reach by car. And if you're driving through, this is definitely something that you should check out as you pass on by. So we traversed the park from west to east, and we decided not to backtrack and go back to concrete as much as we love concrete, but <laughs> to continue on to a town on the other side of North Cascades National Park called Winthrop, and that's where we called it a night. Where did you stay in Winthrop? We stayed at the Abbey Creek Inn. I would say it's a budget hotel, but even though it's budget, it was definitely very nice in terms of its amenities. I'm not going to say luxury, but you know, for the price, really nice. Winthrop itself, again, and this is where I was saying earlier about concrete, I just don't expect this. This isn't the stereotypical image of Washington I had in my head. I felt like I was somewhere out in the rugged, almost desert area of California, not like hot desert, but just, you know, little foothills, dry, arid. The town itself was small. The historic buildings were still like made of wood, like it was a boom town or a mining town. So it was really, really unique in that right. And, you know, when you're in Brinthrop, it is small, so not a lot of places to eat. But there are a few options, such as the Old School Brewery and East 20 Pizza. We chose the pizza place, and it was pretty good. But let me tell you something. It smelled and looked better than it tasted. Not that it was bad, but when you ate it, you're just like, oh, wow, 
wow, it's kind of a letdown for how good it smelled. Wouldn't you say, Brittany? Damn. Yeah, I agree. I mean, of all the places we look at it, we're like, oh, this looks so good. It was right by our hotel. And I had higher expectations based on the look and smell. Let's put it that mm. way. Aww. Disappointing. Kind of sad. So not saying don't try it, but do keep in mind that's the reality that we experienced and look into old school brewery and, you know, get yourself a beer if you'd like. If I had been on this leg of the trip, we would have gone to the brewery. <laughs> I'm sure we would have. <laughs> hey, travelers. We want to stop for a quick minute to tell you about a really exciting product we put together just for you. As you all know, we love getting you excited to visit places for yourself by sharing what we did and making it easier by giving you squad tips that we learned along the way. The Travel Squad has created something to provide even more value for you in addition to our episodes by detailing trip itineraries and comprehensive multi-page guides with everything you need to know to do the trip right. These Itineraries include information on what to see and do in the area, where to stay, directions for the best routes, and even where to eat along the way. And we put them into these beautiful PDF guides just for you. We created itineraries for a week in Yellowstone and Grand Tetons, Big Island, Hawaii, and an itinerary for an American Southwest road trip. And so many more itineraries to come. We are so excited to announce that they are now available to purchase on our website. So go over to travelsquadpodcast.com to get yours today. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So the next day we went back into North Cascades National Park and it was kind of on the edge, kind of on the outskirts. And we hiked a trail called the Blue Lake Trail. It was five miles round trip, took us about two and a half hours, but this lake is very secluded and it's surrounded by granite peaks and forests and the hike is just very serene. And it's a very doable hike too, because there's not a lot of gain in elevation. So it's a pretty moderate hike. And it was definitely what we needed after doing uh, Cascade Pass and Mount Storm King the prior days. Would you say it was actually moderate or more on the easy side? Uh, probably more easy, easy to moderate. Okay. What did you like about Blue Lake, Brittany? The water was just so clear. For a long time, we had the lake to ourselves. There wasn't a lot of people at the trailhead. When you walk through the forest, part of it is on a boardwalk platform that you walk through on the forest mm. too. So it was just really nice to be out in nature. You can really smell the trees and just feel the breeze. It was just really beautiful. You're rhyming over there. 
<laughs> that, was one, that was one of my favorite things about North Cascades, again, is really the remoteness of it. Even though I was saying on the first hike that we did, we came up to the parking lot more people than expected based on what I saw on the road. But it really is so remote that you get to experience a lot of these beautiful nature sites all to yourself, which only enhances the experience. So after we hiked Blue Lake Trail, Jamal and I were crazy and we were like, fuck it, let's go to Montana, let's go to Kalispell so that we can hit up Glacier the next day. So we You guys are wild. <laughs> we took an eight hour drive through <laughs> through Washington to Montana to get to Kalispell. So I trooped it out driving. <laughs> the as time? I always do. I always do. How was the road? Windy, straight? You know, it actually wasn't too bad. So once we got out of North Cascades, you're on Washington Highway 20, which is actually pretty good. I'm trying to remember some of the few side highways that we took. It wasn't terrible. We actually drove through the apple producing regions of Washington. So whenever you see those Washington apple stickers, when you pick up your apples in the grocery store, I actually just drove through that spot where they grow them. So did you get one? <laughs> no, I did not, but I did oh, see the farm area miss. of it. So it actually wasn't too terrible of a drive. Eventually you get onto interstate 90. So we drove through Spokane, Washington, which takes us through the panhandle of Idaho and then into Montana itself. So a good portion of it is on legitimate highways. And even the Montana highways getting into Kalispell after we get off of Interstate 90 are pretty legitimate. So I wouldn't say it's too bad at all of a drive and the roads were actually quite decent. Yeah. Do you guys remember back when we were in Port Angeles and we were driving down the middle of town and we saw a place called Frugal's and it was jam packed and we were like, what is this place? Mm -hmm. We're going to have to look it up because why is everyone going there? Mm -hmm. They had a Frugal's in Kalispell and so we're like we have to try it and it's basically like the northwest version of In-N-Out. Ah. Dare I say when we had it better than In-N-Out. <laughs> dare I say. Wow. Dare I say oh. unpopular opinion but saying it. Um, what did you guys get? Just like a burger and fries? Milkshake? Burger, fries, and a milkshake. Ooh. And we did it In-N-Out style too. We got a half and half in terms of half vanilla, half strawberry. I want an In-N-Out milkshake right now. That sounds so good. It sounds pretty bomb. I, as soon as I said milkshake, I was like, ooh, do you guys have any ice cream here? But let me tell you something. <laughs> Frugal's is bomb. So if you're up in that area and you see a Frugal's, whether it be in Washington, whether it be if you continue on and we inspire you to go to Glacier National Park, do check out a Frugal's. It's not to be missed. You won't be disappointed on that. But we chose Kalispell because Kalispell is the largest city close to Glacier National Park. And why don't you tell us a little bit about Glacier National Park and what we did the following days after our long drive or my long drive? So <laughs> Glacier National Park is internationally known. People want to come to Glacier just like they want to come to Yellowstone. It's just a super famous park. And it's famous due to the glacier carved peaks and the valleys. And they have this very famous road called Going to the Sun Road with amazing views of the valley below. And the park has obviously glaciers, waterfalls, alpine lakes, and just beautiful rugged peaks. And so even if you're not a hiker, just like North Cascades, you can enjoy the beauty of the park at all of the different viewpoints and overlooks and lakes. And there's so much wildlife along the road, too. We knew going here that we were in bear country. Grizzly country, to be specific. And that we needed Scary. to get 
bear spray. Oh man, I almost forgot about the day before and the shit show that ensued with the bear spray. But first, just want to say this. Glacier National Park does have an entrance fee. It's $35 for seven days. So unlike North Cascades, they do charge an entrance fee here. But like Brittany was saying, we were in bear country. After our long eight-hour drive, we're like, what are we going to do? Both hikes that we're going to do are known to have frequent bear activity, specifically grizzlies, not even black bears. Black bears, you know, they could be concerning, but I'm more, I don't want to say scared of grizzlies, but cautious of how dangerous they can be. And one of the other trails that we were going to do a week before we went, it's not like, oh, we saw this video on YouTube and it's been up for a while. Like, no, literally a week before we went, one of the trails that we're going to do, someone filmed a video of a grizzly chasing hikers on that very trail that we were going to do. They ran? They ran. Yes, they they ran. ran. Someone, oh someone who's at a higher elevation is yelling at the hikers, there's a grizzly down there. Don't run. Don't run. They still end up running, <laughs> which causes the grizzly then to chase, chase the them. hikers. And squad tip. Squad tip. Well, what happened hikers? What happened on that video? Um, the, the hikers run out of shot. They're really filming the grizzly run. Eventually, it does stop. It doesn't continue chasing them, but it chases them on the trail for a good amount of time. The oh. so squad tip. Do not run from grizzly bears. Yes. Do not run from grizzly bears. What are you supposed to do instead? You are just supposed to back away as slowly as you can. It's not like black bears where you want to make yourself look bigger. Grizzly bears, you just want to back away and seem non-aggressive towards it. And then if it does attack you, they say to play dead, right? Play dead. Yes. You're supposed to turn over onto your stomach, cover your hands on the back of your neck so that it can't swipe uh, in that sensitive area. And it does want you to put your legs together versus spread apart. That way it's harder for the bear to flip you over and buck you up from the front, huh? There you go. Oh There's your bear protection tips. Well, why, aren't you supposed to, like, why can't you make yourself look big to the grizzly? Because well, they're bigger. Because then it's like a threatening gesture towards them. Uh, even though bears are bears, you know, different ones, different species, black bears, you know, they're less aggressive than grizzlies. So if you make yourself seem bigger, or threatening, they're less inclined to want to do something. Whereas grizzlies, that's just not their nature when that happens. Grizzlies are ready to take you on. They're like, bring it on, bitch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so anyway, we were like, all right, where are we going to get bear spray? Because if you remember, Kim, when we went to Yellowstone mm -hmm. and Grand Tetons, we're like, all right, they have bear spray here to rent. Very easy to do. Well, in Glacier National Park, they have a spot within the national park where they do rent the bear spray at a facility, but they don't open up until I think it was like 8.30 or 9 o'clock, right, Brittany? Yeah, it might have even been later than that. And it, as we were saying earlier, if you get your bear spray that late and start the trail that late, you're going to have a very hard time finding parking. So we're like, all right, does anyone inside Kalispell actually rent it? No, they do not. And so you're really left to buy the bear spray. So you can go to Walmart. They sell it for an arm and a leg. They have other sporting goods stores there, sell it for an arm and a leg. And I was like, oh God, like, do I really want to pay like 45 bucks for one bear spray for Brittany, another 45 for me, so $90. And yes, it's good insurance, but man, I feel like I'm getting totally screwed right here, spending close to $100. So finally I called Costco, because they have a Costco in Kalispell, and I asked if they have bear spray. I said, oh yes, we do. I said, oh, how much? And they said, oh, we're selling a two pack for $30. <laughs> 
fucking them hard. Fuck them hard. I went to Costco and I picked picked up some bear spray. And let me tell you something. You can't put bear spray on a plane. And so I was like, well, even though it's 30 bucks, I have no place to return it. I don't want to get rid of it. So I mailed it back to myself. So I have our bear spray here. Okay. (laughs) I was just going to ask you that because doesn't Costco take anything back as a return? They do, but I feel really shysty like picking up bear spray and then returning bear spray. You know what I mean? Like you have to take it out of the packaging to mm-hmm. hold on to it. So we're like, are we going to be those people? It's very honest of you. Yeah, I don't want to do that. So I, I sent it to myself uh, and I actually have it here. So we picked that up. So if you're going, I would recommend picking up your bear spray at Costco. The likelihood of you needing it is very slim. But believe me, it's one of those things that you don't want to be without if you truly need it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was about to say, I mean, like, even if you do have to shell out the $90, I mean, your life is worth more than $90. Well, that's true. But at the same time, I was thinking to myself, like, fuck, I can't, eat, no, like, I can't bring this Costco. on a plane. And you know what I'm going to do? I can't believe they don't have more rental places. Yeah, I was actually really disappointed about that. Yeah. That they didn't have, like, rental places. And there was a place uh, i want to say i called rei they said yeah we do rent it but because of covid they were having to quarantine the cans for a 48 hour period so they were like what? yeah and then they were like we're, we're not letting anyone touch them for 48 hours so like it won't just be disinfect available. it yeah, for disinfect me it. What the? they won't be available for you until like two days from now and i was like well that doesn't do me any good yeah. so did yeah. they tell you how and much then it other was gonna pl- be and then uh, I don't remember how much it was, but because at that point we're like, it's not even a consideration for us. And then other places that maybe had it available, they didn't open until like later. And like we said, you need to be in the park early because we woke up early for our adventures and we knew one hike that we wanted to do was Avalanche Lake via the Trail of the Cedars. So not to be confused with the Trail of the Cedars that we did in North Cascades, they had another one here. But basically... When you enter Glacier National Park, there is one main road that going to the Sun Road that Brittany was talking about. And at first, you're flat in the valley following along a lake, so there's nowhere really to park on the side of the lake. So you only have the hill and mountainside, very minimal parking. We got lucky and got one of the last spots there when we were there at like 7 a.m., And when we were done hiking, I mean, you can just see all the traffic pretty much backed up of people like waiting. Hey, who's that person coming out? Let's steal that Mm -hmm. spot. So you want to get there early. But Brittany, tell them a little bit about Avalanche Lake. So first you start off on Trail of the Cedars, and this is a boardwalk kind of paved platform through the forest. And then you branch off to Avalanche Lake Trail and you start on a steady incline. This hike is like easy, moderate. And you start going through a pretty thick forest before you're able to admire Avalanche Creek and continuing on. And then you hit the foot of Avalanche Lake and you were just surrounded by these beautiful mountains that you could tell in the winter are just filled with snow. The water's pristine. On the way, there was a waterfall that we got to see as well. And then just forest surrounding the entire lake. Yeah, and these lakes, I mean, they're literally lakes made off the runoff from the melting snow. So the water is just pristine and clear and beautiful. And being up in the mountains, it just has that glass-like reflection and hue. So just really beautiful to see. And again, keep in mind, this is one of the more famous hikes. Not a lot of spots to park. And lots of bears do frequent this area as well. Again, that's why we wanted the bear spray. 
So from here, we decided to continue on going to the Sun Road, which again is the only main road through Glacier National Park. It's only one lane in each direction. And so it does get backed up very easily. And there's not a lot of parking at the viewpoints and overlooks. So it's kind of a slowdown when you get to like a very popular area. But the viewpoints and overlooks are so worth it. They're breathtakingly gorgeous. You get views of the valley below. And then you're still surrounded by all of the glacier peaks. And I definitely recommend, even if you aren't able to do some of the hikes, going just to go on this, going to the Sun Road. Yeah. And if you do this, you don't need to do any hiking because of those viewpoints that Brittany was talking about. It's about 50 miles. Is it not, Brittany? Yeah, I think it's about 50 miles. And so, like I said, when you first enter the park, you're following along the lake, Lake McDonald. It's flat in the valley. It's about, like I said, 12 to 13 miles. And then you start slowly but surely climbing up the mountain and the cliffside. And the road is literally on a sheer cliff, kind of like zigzagging up. And you have these amazing viewpoints along the way. And one of the viewpoints is Heaven's Peak. And it's basically the dominant viewpoint on the going to the sun road. And it's very, very photogenic. It's snow capped at the top. And I can only imagine when there's more snow on it because we were at the tail end of summer here when we went. But when there's a little bit more snow on it, if you went in the spring, it would be absolutely breathtaking. So we went on this trip in September and Glacier actually has a very, very short summer season. They don't even open the park up, I think, until like late June and it closes again by like mid-October usually. Yeah, Montana gets cold. Yeah. So one of the highlights that we did pass and it was impressive, but I'm sure it'd be even more impressive in the wetter months or when there's a lot more snow melt was called the garden wall or the weeping wall. And it's a cliff wall. It's a hundred feet long and it's just on the side of the road and it just weeps out a whole bunch of water from the natural springs. And if you're driving under it with your car, you actually would have to close your windows because you would get soaked from all of that water dropping down. Hmm. But one of the other major areas is called Logan's Pass and there's a visitor center up there. So one, it's popular because of the visitor center. And secondly, it's very popular because there are a lot of hikes that branch off of this area, like the Highline Trail or Hidden Lake. And it's also the highest point in the park that you can reach by car. It's also part of the Continental Divide. Do you ladies know what the Continental Divide is? Is it what separates west from east? Canada In a from way. The I actually learned this. So I'll, I'll tell you the definition. <laughs> okay. So the n- nothing about Canada, Kim. <laughs> divide is, it's like a high peak. And so all of the rivers and runoff run into the Atlantic Ocean from east of it. And on the west side of it, all of the rivers and runoff run into the Pacific Ocean. Interesting. So that's why sometimes you can see rivers flowing one way and another river flowing the other way. Correct. Mm-hmm. So yeah. every so Logan's Pass is on the Continental Divide. So depending on what side you are on Logan's Pass, it's either flowing into the Pacific or flowing into the Atlantic. And when we say the Atlantic, I mean, the, and part of the Continental Divide, it could go into the Gulf of Mexico. It could legitimately go into the Atlantic itself. It could be on the northern side in Canada and going into like Hudson Bay, which then flows into the Atlantic as well. Water from Glacier can end up all the way down in the Gulf of Mexico. Yep. That is mind blowing to me. Yeah. So again, going on the Sun Road, there are more viewpoints and stop offs. 
Is there a place, what you're talking about right here, this divide, where you can actually see water flowing two different ways in, in the same viewpoint? I'm sure there are, but not necessarily in the park that we know of. Mm. I just, it's labeled and listed that Logan's Pass is on the continental divide. Mm, okay. So we did pass another glacier called Mount Jackson Glacier. It's the seventh largest glacier in the park. And it's just very easy to see from the road. So it's a really good stopover to look at. And then we ended on going to the Sun Road at St. Mary's Lake where we had lunch. And that lunch, by the way, is something that we picked up from the Costco Deli. Lunchable? And it was not a Lunchable. We got (laughs) ourselves a sandwich wrap from Costco, not from the food court, but back in their deli area, if you will, and kind of meat section. You know, they have some sandwiches and things like that to go. So again, cooler coming in clutch. We put that in there and we enjoyed a lunch sitting on St. Mary's Lake. And St. Mary's Lake is actually the second largest lake in Glacier National Park. And there's an island in the middle of the lake that's called Wild Goose Island, and it's one of the most photographed locations in the park. And when I heard that as the description of Wild Goose Island, I thought to myself, oh, this island's going to look legit. And then I get there and I see it's just this little island. And I'm like, why is everyone so up in arms about this little island to take photos of it? I mean, I guess it's kind of cool, but don't think it's anything really special. But nonetheless, photogenic, iconic spot in the park. Hmm, interesting. So we decided, you know, now that we've gone all the way east as far as we can go, you can actually go farther. But during the time that we went because of COVID, the rest of Glacier National Park is on um, Native American land. Native American land. They have that park closed. So you couldn't enter the east portion of Glacier National Park. So we turned back around and we went back towards Kalispell, but still within Glacier National Park. And we went to Lake McDonald. And this is probably one of the most famous lakes in Glacier National Park. It's the largest lake within the park and it has crystal clear water and the rocks are really colorful. So they're, mm. they're reds, they're purples, greens, they're greens even. blues. Pretty. And so if you get the perfect picture, you'll see the rocks reflecting in the water and then you'll get a picture of the mountain reflecting down into the water as well. That's so pretty. It's super scenic. If you just Google right now or even go to Instagram, Lake McDonald Glacier National Park, I guarantee you that's going to be one of the first images that come up is the clear water and the colorful rocks that you can see. It's absolutely breathtaking. They do have a little lodge there. And Brittany and I did pick up drinks and take them onto the beach of Lake McDonald. I got myself a beer. Brittany got herself a Huckleberry Margarita. So do check out the lodge there. You can get drinks. You can wander around with them. But do keep in mind, you know, just because you're in a populated area if you will with a little lodge doesn't mean there's any less chance that a bear is going to come so i carried my bear spray with me just to be safe um, did you see any bears while in this park we did and we'll get to that for you Ooh, Kim. come and ride up that? come and ride up well we, it was one of the last things that happened and we have one more day so we'll go ahead and get to that here very shortly for the record you are right i just googled lake mcdonald and the first two pictures that pop up are breathtaking so like pretty. just like wow with those rocks i have a They're photo right. that looks like that that i took with my own camera so <laughs> do yourself a favor google lake mcdonald glacier you won't be disappointed and if anything inspires you to go 
go, it'll probably be that. I mean, it's just so breathtakingly beautiful. Yeah, and we'll actually link in the show notes to the place where you can see the picture that we're talking about so that you can put your visual with what, how we're describing it. And every place we've mentioned in this episode will be linked in our show notes on our website, travelsquadpodcast.com. So our second day in Glacier National Park, we specifically wanted to hike the Hidden Lake Trail. And this is the one that I told you that a week before we went, we saw the grizzly bear video on YouTube chasing the hikers. How hard was it to find? Not hard because this <laughs> hike actually starts from Logan's Pass. And one thing when we didn't mention about Logan's Pass when we were talking about it a little bit earlier, yes, there's numerous trails that start at that area, but that is actually the largest parking lot that we came across in the park. And it's still not even very big. I can't even imagine during summer season when it's really crowded how people find parking on there. Because if you don't have parking there, there's very few like little turnouts on the going to the sun road that are half a mile to a mile away, if not further. And we saw numerous people walking along the road just to get to Logan's Pass. So if you don't get there early, whatever hike you're doing, you can imagine adding easily two miles to three miles just by having to park on the road in addition to your normal hike. What time would you say we got there, Jamal? Well, shit. We said we were going to leave early because when we did Logan's Pass the first day and wanted to go to the visitor center, we couldn't find parking. We circled for quite a while. So we were like, all right, we got to go. We heard from numerous locals that we talked to. They said, oh, you're starting this trail from Logan's Pass. You need to get there early. We're like, how early is early? They're like, uh, 5.36 o'clock. So, <laughs> Why do you think they don't have any parking there? That seems very odd. It's just so limited. Like I said, the entrance to the park pretty much runs all along Lake McDonald. So there's just limited parking there's because no there's the lake. To... And then all of a sudden, you know, you're kind of really at the, the mm. mountain hills. And then you get to the point after you're out of the valley and the lake where you just start climbing the sun road on a sheer cliff. So there's minimal spots for turnouts, mm. that little flat area that they have to actually build Logan's Pass in the visitor center. So very limited parking. I also think that because of COVID and the east side being closed, people can't spread out as much into other sections of the park. Mm. And so this is a really big draw. So everyone's kind of attracted to this area. So we ended up leaving our hotel early I think we got there around 6 a.m., did we not? Yeah, I think so. We got there around 6 a.m. By the way, beyond just the parking, to get there early, you want to get there for the breathtaking sunrise that you will experience at Logan's Pass. I just want to mention that before we forget about it. But we got there early. We thought to ourselves, all right, we're for sure going to find parking. Parking lot was already filled up. Do you know where we had to park? We had to park in the designated bus sections. And the only reason why we can park there is because they're having no buses come in because of COVID. But otherwise, like literally we missed all the spots and there was like only one or two like bus spots open left that we took. So if we were like a minute or two late, we probably wouldn't even had parking there. And we got there at 6 a.m. Dang, that's crazy. That's so crazy. So the Hidden Lake Trail was supposed to be five miles, but because of the bear activity in the area, we could only go to the Overlook, which was 2.8 miles round trip. But as we started this trail, we were literally above the cloud layer. And as we started to climb, we could see all of the clouds beneath us and see the sun peeking up over the mountains. And it was just this beautiful golden yellow and orange hue. And it just gave the most spectacular views and sunrise I've ever seen. 
That's so pretty. It was so beautiful. I mean, like Brittany said, we're at a high elevation as it is. In the valley below, you can just see the clouds that are layered in the valley. The sun is starting to peak its way up above the clouds. It's hiding behind a mountaintop that literally comes to a triangular point. And it was so perfect where we were standing, the way the sun came up. It literally came up at the tip of the triangle. So we're just watching the it. Tip, just like huh? just the tip, peaking, peaking <laughs> beyond the tip. But it was so beautiful. I've never experienced a sunrise like that, whether it have been watching them on the beaches or anything to that effect. It was so beautiful and breathtaking. So even if you don't want to do a hike, go to Logan's Pass and just watch the sunrise. I think there's something about a sunrise that's so calm and serene. It's like a new day starting. and It's, it's like a birth in a sense. Yeah, it's a little bit magical, and especially it was, when it's pretty like it that. It was super magical at... Logan's Pass. But the Hidden Lake Trail that we were doing, like Brittany said, we couldn't do all of it because the bear activity, they closed it at the section by the lake. That's where the bear was frequenting. So from Logan's Pass, you have a little bit of a hike up. It gives you to an overlook. You can choose to stop there or continue down to the lake. We had no choice because the going down to the lake part was closed because of the grizzly. But the overlook of the lake is just beautiful. And I can only imagine going down. But that's the hike that we did, but there are so many other hikes that you can do from Logan's Pass. Why don't you tell them about the one that we want to do when we go back, Brittany? This one's an epic one if we can do it based on the description. So one of the trails that we wanted to do was called the Highline Trail, and I'm really upset we didn't do it. And one of the reasons we didn't do it was because typically... When COVID's not going on, you would hike to the end and then you would be able to take a shuttle back to the beginning. But because the shuttle buses aren't going around right now, you would have to do an out and back hike, making the hike like 19 miles. Oh, that's nothing. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, I don't know if I want to do that. But really what it is, is hiking along the cliff of a mountain to the point where there's actually like cables embedded into the mountainside that you can hold on to and you're I, a psycho have you ever seen videos of those crazy roads in china mm-hmm. or india that are like literally carved into the rock and they're mm-hmm. so narrow when trucks are trying to go through imagine that not as wide but just for hikers so they literally have embedded into some of the rock those cables for you to hold on to supposedly a lot of mountain goats like to take that trail too so you're going to be coming at a <laughs> very narrow impasse with the mountain goats so you know there's that risk too that's and not the kind of trail you want to be on when you see a grizzly no, no. it's not can you imagine a grizzly coming on that like one way like holy fuck <laughs> i don't even know if a grizzly's ever been on that but i thought that same thought too kim actually like could you imagine if you're on that with a grizzly there's literally nowhere to go but there was one t- part where we were driving and i told jamal to look up and you could see the hikers above us on the sheer cliff Yeah, from the sun road, you can see it. It looks wild. I'd be very, very interested in doing it. It looks like a really, really awesome trail. That is for sure. You just need to invest a lot more time in Glacier. And, you know, when we're hitting these national parks now, you know, we're all still working. We only have so much time, want to do a lot of stuff. But when I go back and have more time, this is definitely number one on my list. That is for sure. Epic hike. And, you know, maybe I would do the shuttle bus back or maybe I would do the full 19. I just don't know. You guys are crazy. I mean, like, it's like your guys' requirements to do a hike is it has to be on the side of a cliff. It has to have ropes. It has to have cables. Living on the edge. You have to have bear spray. (laughs) 
Oh my goodness. I haven't had to use the bear spray. But anyway, so that's one of the other ones that you can do from Logan's Pass. There's many more hikes. But getting back to that bear, Kim, you know, I was so disappointed. I'm just like, man, you know, they keep saying bears. Like, I don't want to come across one real close. And obviously on the trail, I have to use my bear spray. But I want to see a fucking bear, especially given the fact that Glacier National Park has more grizzlies than any other state other than Alaska. So in the contiguous 48 of where there's still grizzlies left, there's more in Glacier than even like Yellowstone and Grand Teton combined. So I was like, all right, well, we're going to have to see a bear. And as we're coming down, going to the sun road along those sheer cliffs, all of a sudden we round a corner and then Brittany and I see a bear running on the road. As we're leaving the park, we see a bear running on the road. I'm like, how the fuck is there a bear on the road? Like, this is a sheer cliff. Like, where did it come from? It didn't come from up, but it ran off the road kind of to the edge. And we stopped and parked and watched it eat some berries in the bushes for quite a bit of time before we continued on. And when I go back and look at my photos, it wasn't a grizzly. It was a black bear because there's black bears and grizzly bears. So we didn't get to see a grizzly, unfortunately. But nonetheless, we were able to see a bear. But I was not expecting to see one at so high an elevation on the road itself. That's just so funny. Like when you actually break it down, you see a bear running and then he goes to berries. And it's like, what is the last time you ran on the road to get dinner? (laughs) He was running on the road. The only time I ever saw a black bear was the same situation. He ran right past me straight to the lawn to dig up some berries hey man they want to <laughs> they eat love See, and that's what i'm saying black bears and granted we were in a car it's not like we were out when you were in yosemite when that happened to you mm-hmm. kim but black bears not that they can't hurt you but they just don't concern me as much because i don't want to call them docile but they're not by nature wanting to be aggressive to humans because they know that you're really not their food or anything like that i mean they're just like why eat you when i can go over here and eat my berries yeah don't have to work too hard for this <laughs> <laughs> So that was our bear scene experience and glacier experience. And I just want to say glacier is not to be missed. I loved it a lot. It was so beautiful. It definitely exceeded my expectations. And I feel like because half of the park was closed, I'm definitely going to have to go back and explore the other half. And from here, Jamal and I drove to Spokane, Washington, so that we could fly home. And just a quick little story about that. We were supposed to fly out first thing the next morning. Jamal and I hopped into bed, turned off the lights. I hear a ding on my phone. What time is it? Ding. Uh, Probably not too late, like maybe 8.30, but our flight was pretty early. Our flight was like at 6. So we said to ourselves, well, I mean, if we got to return our car, be up early, like we need to go to bed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we hear a ding. I roll over because I was like, all right, I'll look at it. And I get an email and it says, your flight has been canceled. And I was like, (laughs) oh, shit. And it says, we've rescheduled you on the next flight. Monday morning and we were not going to arrive in San Diego until like noontime when Jamal and I both had to work Monday. We're like, "Uh uh-oh. So we called the airlines. We're like, what can we do to get home on Sunday? And basically they didn't have any options for us really out of Spokane because of the fires that were going on during that time. They canceled all of the flights out of Spokane. And too much smoke or the fire? Too much smoke. smoke. Ah. And you know, I remember you guys sending me a picture from your hotel room and it was really smoky outside. Well, well, you know what? Real quick though, we were so lucky because when we were in the national parks, we really didn't have any smoke issues. I was just going to say probably bad air quality to be out hiking. Oh, no, no. There wasn't any, but then the fires started Mm -hmm. 
as we were getting into Spokane. So as we got into Spokane, they were just so bad. The next day, we saw stuff on that travel community that we're part of on Facebook too. And people are posting photos of Glacier. They had to cancel canoe rides out and kayaking on Lake McDonald because they couldn't even see the edge of the water because there was so much smoke. So we missed everything by a day in that sense. But we chose Spokane to fly out of because it's only about five hours from Glacier and Kalispell. So we're like, all right, well, if we're going to drive five hours, we don't want to drive further west, go back to Seattle, spend more time, especially after having that eight-hour drive. So we thought, okay, this is perfect. We'll fly out of Spokane. No flights available because of the fires right as we're going to bed. So we call them, figure out what's going on. They eventually tell us, well, you know, if you want, you can fly out of Seattle at this time in the morning. What time was the flight? Seven? or something like that nine so it's a four hour drive from spokane (laughs) to seattle and if the flight's at nine you need to be there an hour early i gotta go return the rental car we finally switched our flight to fly out of seattle so we only got like two hours of sleep two and a half by the time we were done talking to the airline woke up at 12 30 left the hotel get our flight from seattle to san diego so fun trip but that was not a fun way to end it i will say it's a good thing that you guys didn't do that 19 mile hike earlier that day yeah that would have been real shitty (laughs) (laughs) so Brittany slept in the car while i drove and had a red bull nice yeah that was my tail end of the trip there for me but it was good to be home on that day just unfortunate ending and realistically could be worse you know we weren't affected by the fire in terms of loss of home or anything like that and other people so in the grand scheme of things can't complain i know our hearts go out to everyone who has been affected by the the crazy fires this year all right it's that time of the week questions of the week this question is coming from bobby from madison bobby from madison wisconsin Yes. From the Capitol. Yes, yes, okay. yes. Thanks for writing in, Bobby. He's asking about a breakfast buffet that he saw on our Instagram story during this trip and wants to hear oh, all about it. <laughs> let's hear all about it. Wow. I forgot about this. Montana was wild. So like we <laughs> said before, we were in Washington. They had the to-go breakfast. We were so happy with that. We get to Montana. We check into our hotel. And she's like, and by the way, breakfast is from 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. You're like, what? And I was like, is it a grab and go breakfast? And she goes, oh, no, honey. It's a breakfast buffet. And then she's like, never thought I'd hear those words again. She's like, we got waffles, yogurt. Toast, muffins, cereals, coffee. What? And we're like, what? In buffet style? Buffet, buffet style. style. Wow. <laughs> Damn, dude. So the first day we woke up and we actually had it. And I was kind of concerned at first. I was thinking, ah, but we were up so early that we were the first ones down there that it really didn't matter. But the next day, again, we got to Logan's Pass so early or needed to get there so early that the breakfast buffet wasn't open. So we didn't have that, unfortunately. So we only got to experience it one day. But yes, you know, depending on what state you are and how on the edge they want to live and take things seriously (laughs) in terms of COVID, you may find a breakfast buffet like we do. Hell did. yes. Baby, breakfast buffets are not dead. They're coming back. Breakfast buffets are alive and well in Montana. Long live the breakfast buffet. Yeah. <laughs> I wish we could have like romantic music over a video of waffles. I'd love it. <laughs> I'll be the starring cast member in that one. <laughs> Whew, that was a big trip, guys. 
Anything else you want to add before you wrap it up? The only thing that I really want to say is I thoroughly, well, I enjoyed every national park that we visited on this trip, but Glacier was really something special. It threw me aback because even with the research, I really didn't realize that there's only one major road. I feel like a lot of other national parks, there's different ways to kind of go through and do things, but do get to Glacier early, no matter what you're doing, especially if you go during summertime, but it is a special park, that is for sure. I'm planning to do a trip to see Glacier, but I want to do it at the same time that I can go into Banff in Canada, since those two are fairly close. It, Did you know that right above Glacier, connecting to Glacier National Park is another Canada National Park? Oh, It's only separated by the border and the name is different, but it's all of the same area. Oh, wow. So we're going to... They actually have signs saying that you could go through. Obviously, you can't now because the Canadian border is closed due to COVID. But Hmm. if you go to Glacier, you can continue on up through that and from there, work your way to Banff. Wonderful. Great. Because pretty soon, sooner or later, we're going to be knocking off all of the U.S. national parks. We're going to have to go international. Canada, Mexico coming up first (laughs) because they're right here. All right, guys. Well, that sums up this week's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and YouTube at Travel Squad Podcast. Send us in your questions of the week and tag us in your pictures and let us know where you're going. Mm-hmm. And if you found the information in this episode to be useful, or if you thought we were just plain funny, please make sure to share it with a friend that will enjoy it too. As always, guys, please subscribe, rate and view our podcast, and tune in every Travel Tuesday for new episodes. Stay tuned for next week's episode. We have some more amazing adventures and tips in store for you. Bye, everybody. Bye.